Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to July 2023's episode of We Podcast and We Know Things, where we're going to recap all of the month's nerdy news. My name is Greg Hall, and alongside of me, the best damn voice in the business, Sam Matura. Eagles are officially in training camp. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. Football season is upon us. Only six and a half, six and a quarter weeks until opening day. Baseball Kelly, season in full swing. Little That's Kelly right. Green unveil on what Monday, I believe. Monday, the thirty first of July. If you're hearing this after that, oh my God, weren't those jerseys sick? If you're hearing it before that, man, I can't wait to see how sick they are. Yeah, uh, they're going to be badass. Come on, Sphero. Yeah, yeah, I just don't want them. They've really like hyped up this announcement, so like it better not be underwhelming. They almost did too much, uh, so hopefully they they live up to expectations. My expectations are if they're Kelly Green and they have the old Eagles logo, no matter what, it's a ten out of ten. But of course, they'll find a way to do the new one. I would just love it if they or they won't do a logo at all. Yeah, I just really hope to go back to that full eagle with the white wings back from the nineties. That was so good. <sighs> And now again on War Room Philly, uh, yeah, we're back. Talking sports, we're, sorry, Penno, you're sports podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, anybody? So, uh, super fun show lined up for you this month. The last time we recorded was after a Nintendo Direct, just like hot off the presses. So it's been over a month. I think like a month and six days days ish. It, it feels like so, a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's funny because we already had stories lined up for this month, the the night we recorded the last. So we've been sitting on a lot of stuff for a long time, antsy and ready to talk about it. So what we're going to do is we'll go through our normal what you've been up to's where we talk about our like, picks of the month and stuff like that. We'll start off in the movie section where Sh- Sam is going to share his Oppenheimer impressions. I want to see Barbenheimer uh, with Barbie first, then Oppenheimer. Sam opting for just Oppenheimer. Uh, I don't think he's going to be seeing Barbie until it comes out, probably on digital. Yeah, I'd imagine. I'm, I'm, I'm not going. I'm not paying no sixteen dollars a ticket to see Barbie. I'll, yeah, I'll, that's what I want to do. I'm I'm hoping my parents take the girls this weekend and I get a chance to go to the theater to see Barbie because I'm dying to see it. I love. It. I want to see both, but Barbie for sure. Uh, we have our new Superman and Lois for Superman Legacy, which is exciting news. Also, two major actors were also cast in roles in that film, so we'll talk about all four of those castings. The Spawn movie got an expected release window, which is exciting. A, a An old superhero is making a return for Deadpool 3. Guardians 3 and the Mario movie have debut dates for their respective streaming services. Um, there is a DC movie that hit digital a lot earlier than some people thought um, or at least was pulled from theaters earlier than thought usually movies are hitting digital yeah. quicker now uh, but it was pulled from theaters so we'll talk a little bit about that and somehow some way the Borderlands movie did finally get a release date I don't know how that movie is still a thing but it does have a star-studded cast so we will talk a little bit about that I'm most excited for the TV section tonight we're going to sandwich that right here in the middle of the show. We have our impressions. I never thought I'd say these words again, so I'm really going to soak this in. For the we fourth have our time. <laughs> yeah, right. We have our impressions of the brand new Futurama episode. Duh. Uh, they only, they're only doing a weekly, which is shocking. I thought they would release in batches of two or three. Um, that seems to be the wrong strategy for Hulu, but okay. Uh, Hulu... Their Futurama revival is out now, at least the premiere. So we'll talk about our thoughts on the premiere. Also, Twisted Metal dropped the entire season. They kept it under wraps until a, just a few days ago. If they would be episodic in batches or the whole season, they opted to release the whole season 
So it is out right now. Uh, we have both watched a good chunk. Some of us may have even finished it. So we'll talk a little bit about Twisted Metal. We also have our impressions of the Bear Season 2. And this is one of those things where we were debating last month versus this month, this, that, and the other. But we are holding off. So yes, while that is an, a show that it can be considered old in air quotes nowadays, uh, we will talk about our impressions of the Bear Season 2. Heels Season 2 hit stars uh, now. <laughs> so I guess there's your story. Uh, we have release dates for... Reacher Season 2, Gen V, we'll at least release Windows, for Reacher Season 2, Gen V, Sex Education Season 4, and The Continental uh, before Sam takes it over in gaming where we finally get to put the kibosh for the most part on this Xbox Activision merger, uh, or I should say acquisition. Uh, EA has announced a third-party MCU, we'll call it, really just Marvel, uh, game now in development. A cat game is coming to Xbox. Uh, the... I should have probably put this first, but there was a leaked Mortal Kombat 1 DLC pack that we talked about, I think, two months ago that has now actually been officially unveiled and confirmed at San Diego Comic-Con. So very excited to talk about that. And then a big giant Jeff Grubb rumor that already came 33% true, we think. And that is where we will end the show. So tons to talk about tonight. But let's start where we customarily do. Sam, what you been up to? So I, I, don't, yeah, I don't I didn't mention The Witcher. I don't think it came out last month no you did not well, maybe so did. i know i don't know who knows anymore. i <laughs> i know the episode six seven and eight just dropped today july 27th on netflix the final three episodes of the third season i didn't watch that yet so I, but i did finish the first five still pretty confused why they didn't just drop all eight episodes at one shot and rather than wait here's five to wait a month and they left off on probably the worst episode of the series, not just the season alone. And it, and then after I sent you a screenshot, I think it was IGN's review of, you know, I guess the last three episodes, I think I got a five out of 10. Mm-hmm. So it's not, not a, uh, not a good way to go out for Henry. I, I, I really feel bad for the guy. He didn't get a, you know, Superman, he got cut short. It looks like the Witcher is this, the same thing, which is why he wanted, got out early. And, um, you know, I, I, I heard it was at least a lot of action. So hopefully, you know, they because episode five, it, it truly stunk. It that was a, a that was brutal to actually get through. Um, there's only three episodes left and then we'll see whatever Liam Hensworth can do. I don't know if he's cameoing at the last episode or I don't know how the hell they're going to handle it. But hopefully next podcast, I'll let you know. I mean, you know, I, I ain't going to lie. Season two, I still think it was the best. I don't think season three is probably going to go down as the worst season of them all. But we'll, we'll see. Maybe they could find their footing. On a better note, number two, I saw Tom Segura's new stand-up special, on Sledgehammer, on Netflix. Did you happen to catch that yet? No, but it's on my list. Yeah, I, I would say this is probably my favorite Tom Segura special yet. Um, I... I'm not, I was, wasn't really never a huge like Tom Segura fan, at least comedy-wise. I do love um, the Two Bears 1K podcast him and Burt Kreischer do. I think they're funny, and when they can't do it with together, they always bring in like a guest bear, and it's it, it's always a good time. But um, this one, he had a, a, a great joke of how he met and uh, hung out with Brad Pitt and got a couple experiences um <laughs> Uh, with gummies of him and his mother. He tells a, a pretty freaking funny story there. Um, I think it was about an hour. 
you know, I I think an hour is the perfect spot for a comedy special. Like sometimes, you know, over is that hour 30, then you just, there's always like that, that 10, 15 minutes that you, you just could have cut. I feel like an hour is the perfect in, out, laugh. I don't know. Tom Segura Sledgehammer, if you need a quick laugh, that's on Netflix. We might as well jump right to Secret Invasion. I did yeah, finish yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, sorry to hear that. You know, so you go, we go a little bad, good, bad. So Secret Invasion. Um, yeah, again, I, it, it's no surprise. It's, uh, it's, it's not great. It was another one of kind of up there with, you know, She-Hulk and, yeah, I would even, you know, I wasn't a fan of, um, the first one. The hell was her name? The Scarlet Witch and Vision. I, then that, I don't know. Yeah. WandaVision. It, it, that didn't do it for me. And I would say this one as well. I mean, you took Secret Invasion, which is one of the best comic book adaptations and you throw it in a six episode mini series on disney plus with none of the major characters that have anything to do with you know, like they're just not there and, and he gave us this and he gave us this uh, this nick fury story of i i don't, I don't even not even redemption is the right word but trying to fix one of his mistakes and very very slow very predictable um I don't even want to say a spoiler, but one thing that may, it kind of like makes sense, but you're still like, no, he's still, that person stood should be dead. Um, It was just, it, it just drug on, you know, six episodes, it was six episodes. It was too long. That's, that kind of says something there. But again, I, th- I think it's just more of that super superhero fatigue that they just threw so much at us, movies, TVs, movies, and they're just not on that caliber. So, Secret Invasion, that was like a, a five, five, six out of ten for me. Not, nothing nothing crazy about it. But it's on Disney Plus if you want to watch it. I finished Raving Ted Lasso. Rating review. I did too. Very, very good. Yeah, I I, appropriate. I, think they were gonna, I thought the ending was appropriate. Yeah, I, I didn't think I was gonna like the um the ending as much as I did, but they I I'm, they tied mostly every knot that needed to be tied and mm-hmm. overall I was genuinely happy with, with how they ended it and mm-hmm. kind of sad to see it go you know but it had its low points this season i mean th- there was yeah. a run in the beginning where it was good episode bad episode good episode really bad episode and it kind of fluctuated that way then the second half was pretty consistently okay but i did think the finale was was yeah. satisfying enough that i don't really have any major qualms yep i'm just glad they got three seasons they got to kind of finish their little story so kudos to them next one up <clears throat> before we saw Oppenheimer. We saw Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. This was the, what, the seventh, seventh? In, yeah, seventh installment of Mission Impossible. The next one, I believe, comes out, I think, in maybe November 2024. So next year, you'll get the last one. And maybe that's the end of his story. Who knows? I heard an interview that Tom Cruise wants to do this shit forever. So who knows? But on a 290 million dollar budget as of now they made 376 so i would think they still need to make some more to make some money because i know they spent a lot on promotion stuff like that so i would assume they need to make at least 450 500 million to to be profitable so we'll see because I, I i really enjoyed this movie i mean it's, i think it's got 96 percent of rotten tomatoes i i, I love everyone I, tom cruise Haley atwell's in this I, I love what she brought ving rame simon Pegg. they've been around for a while vanessa's kirby back from the last one my boy is uh, Isaiah Morales. He was from um, uh, 
I have to click his name now. I forget the show we watched. Uh, what our boy, I can't think of his name. Ozark, Jesus. From the first season, he was like the big bad. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I'm I'm in. I, I I love this spy film. I think Tom Cruise is insane for doing all of these stunts. I would say he did like ninety percent of these stunts. He's a madman, but it truly shows on film, especially his scene with Haley Atwell as they are basically handcuffed together and they have to drive this little ass car through. I believe I don't it might have been Italy or I don't know if it was somewhere else, but it was very impressive. Christopher McQuarrie, the director again, and he had directed part two as well. I, I think they outdid themselves. I just, you know, I don't think it's getting the love. I feel like it it deserves just a lot of, you know, there's a lot of movies out right now, especially a lot of love going to Barbie and Oppenheimer, but I wish Mission Impossible got a little bit more. But other than that, it that's does all seem I got. Like it's, yeah, it does seem like it's kind of not getting the recognition because Barbenheimer, even just from like a marketing and mind share perspective it's getting all the attention and love right now and i feel like there should be a, bi- a bigger piece of the pie going to mi yeah because it, it only had one week it was one week then one week later is barbie oppenheimer and then this this kind of movie fell silent this is a shame i mean 96 percent of rotten tomatoes so though the problem with that is they could have moved that release date and they didn't they could have pushed it up it's not like the movie was in the in the editing room until the eleventh hour, like a South Park episode. True. I know that mar- I know there's marketing cycles and things like that, but it it hurts to delay a movie. It hurts less to push a movie's date up. You can actually spin that into a very big positive, and you could have at least given it a two to three week run. Uh, to whereas now people we know the movies are expensive. You said it earlier, sixteen bucks a ticket to go see a movie. That's a that's a fifty dollar date for two right there after your popcorn. And so to do that yeah. twice with Barbie and Oppenheimer is pretty much enough. You have to ask that a third time in one paycheck cycle. That's yeah. one hundred and fifty bucks. That's a lot to ask. This movie will probably crush it when it hits digital. When oh it God, hits, yeah. You know, and all that stuff. Well, now, what they need to do is release it on digital, not a week before the other two. They need to find it its own place in the sun to release digitally. Give it a couple of weeks uh, to a month to kind of perform to expectation before Barbenheimer gets its second wind with its digital releases. That would at least be my strategy. But hey, who the hell and, am I? And this was also the most expensive film in the franchise. Yeah. I mean, that. there you go. If so facto, uh, I'm your boss. So, yeah, I, I just I think. uh I think that they need to find a better digital play than they did theatrical because again, this is a movie, especially with it being the, the uh, penultimate, at least in its current form. Let's, let's give it the love and, and it deserves. I mean, listen, this mission has been incredibly possible because there's seven of them. So it's kind of bullshit, but at the same time, Tom Cruise ain't getting any younger and he is phenomenal. So let's yep. give it its day in the sun and, and hopefully they they do that and its digital release gets a little bit more space than theatrical. Uh, for me, shorter list for me this month. I have not really been playing any games. However, two games did just get shadow dropped kind of. I mean, they were previously released, but no release date. They got shadow dropped on NSO last night, and I'm just here to tell you to play them. Uh, if you have the Game Boy Nintendo on your Nintendo Switch, Uh, The Legend of Zelda Oracle games are both on there. Oracle of Seasons and Oracle of Ages, both available with your subscription. So I highly recommend playing two really, really solid Zelda games, about 15 to 16 hours in length each. So nice, tidy 15 hour experiences. If you like combat, go with Seasons. If you like puzzles and time travel, go with Ages first, but play them both. I go Seasons over Ages. I'm not a time travel guy, which is crazy because I love Zelda. 
And literally that series revolves around time travel. So just a quick plug for that. And another quick plug. One of my favorite shows of all time is available now on Disney Plus. And this is one of those stories, man. We had to sit on it for weeks because this dropped a little bit ago. And I was like, oh, man, cannot wait to talk about it. Cannot wait for it to be what you've been up to. I'm already on season five. Uh, And this was back when television had 20 something episodes in a season. The good old days. Home Improvement is on Disney Plus. Somehow, if you haven't heard this yet, you can go watch all eight wonderful seasons of that show. I'd say probably six wonderful seasons, one okay season and one pretty rough final season. But that's how most sitcoms go. Uh, they, you know, people tend to age and uh, they tend to run out of storylines. But I do love Home Improvement. It is legitimately a top 10 show of all time for me. One of my favorites. I might. It's much like Futurama. I might not laugh out loud and crack my side every single episode. But when I do laugh, they're super comp like they're super witty. They are um, from the heart. And I and I just highly enjoy the actual story going along the through lines. And so, uh, and obviously, Al Borland is just an A plus side character. Um, just I love, I love, love, love that show so very much. Uh, even though in this day and age, it is super sexist, especially in the early seasons. But I know that's kind of what it's going for. So at least they play into it. It's not actually serious. But Home Improvement Disney Plus. Now, in terms of the stuff that I haven't talked about that I'm currently watching and listening to, this is super duper important, folks. I am. Very happy with the previous month that was. I'm going to start off with the band. Uh, I played about a minute of a song for Sam before the show, just so he could get an idea of how this band sounds. But this this band I have been hooked on, I would say, three to four weeks. I don't know. When is the last time I went down the shore? <sighs> Late June, early July? I can't recall. But that's when I found this band out. It was right before I went down the seashore the last time. And boy, howdy. Um Am I glad I found this band? Because they are just absolutely phenomenal. Their name is Dury. D-U-R-R-Y. It is the last name of three of the four people in the band. So there you go. You can understand where they got it from. If we ever have them on the pod, we don't have to ask them that question. Uh, however, um, I, I whenever I do like musical picks of the week, picks of the month, I always try to stress, folks, I don't do the music ones often. So when I do, I'm stressing to you. They are worth a listen. Stop what you're doing. Hit pause in the pod. If you listen on Spotify, perfect. Just type in Derry instead. You can come back to this pod in like six minutes. Don't worry about it. Don't dairy about it. <laughs> Go listen to Derry. I would recommend the song Worse for Wear. Then I would recommend the song uh, Big Boy. And then I would recommend the song Coming of Age. And then you'll be set. Bubble of My Gum is also a super cute acoustic love song. So if you're into that, go for it. This is a... Uh, a gentleman, I think his name is Austin Dury. His sister is co-vocals or, or backup vocals, and his wife plays bass. So like super family-oriented project out of Minneapolis, Minnesota. They don't even have an LP yet. That is coming in September of this year called Suburban Legend. I think it releases 9-7. So if, uh, if it's going to hold the way it's been, this is going to be in contention for my record of the year. Cannot wait. The three songs they've released off of it. Uh, I'm fine coming of age and uh, who's laughing now all incredible tracks cannot recommend enough so much so that they're coming to Philly in December and I'm going to be going with our friend Keith Malashevsky of War Room Philly I saw that he follows them on Instagram so I hit him up said you listen to Derry too and we got into a nice rapping and so we are going to go check out Derry uh, in December 
in, at the at our one of our favorite places, the Foundry at the Fillmore. Nice, beautiful, oh, intimate nice. stage. Yeah, we love that place. We've been to a bunch of shows there. We've actually done two, three backstage interviews there: uh, May Bearings and Hawthorne Heights. So, um, super excited to go back to the Foundry in December to see Derry, Suburban Legend, early September. Check it out. Go listen to them right now, and then come back and listen to the rest. Dury, D-U-R-R-Y. Next, one of my favorite shows that I've watched so far. It's a, I think it's on episode six now out of seven, I want to say. So it's almost done. I believe next week will be the finale. Apple TV Plus just continues to hit, 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 hit. And this show, Hijack, on Apple TV with, Eldris, uh, with Idris Elba, where... It's a very much a British show. It's a about a plane that is going from Dubai back to London on a seven hour flight and then gets hijacked, which is horrible for somebody who a his biggest fear in the world is flying and B has to now travel via airplane for work a ton. Uh, I'm definitely not loving the, the nightmares it has given me around that and the anxiety and stress it has caused in my life. But I truly do think this show is really something special. It's really, really cool. Um, it's not ultra violent, but there's always a threat of it. So when something happens, it really happens. It's not slow at all. There's constant tension because the seven episodes take place over this seven hour flight. So it takes place in, in one day. There isn't like the giant flashback episode, or at least so far that I've seen, um, that like takes you completely out of the story and rewinds it and really is filler. There's really no filler. It's really solid. Um, he is basically Idris Elba is not one of the, the hijackers. He is an expert negotiator, one of the best in the entire world that the government calls in whenever there is a high stakes thing. And he happens to be on this plane that gets hijacked. And so you can kind of piece together his role in uh, the, the conflict resolution. And it just it's so far it is really, really solid. I really much enjoyed it, uh, at least again. The, the episodes that we have seen, the season finale will be out soon. So cannot speak highly enough about Hijack on App, Apple TV+. And then for my last one this month, sticking on the Apple TV Plus route, uh, I absolutely adored. Now, this is a slow show, but I think it's for the show's benefit. I absolutely adored Silo. Um, so much so that my wife bought all three of the books and has already done one and a half of them, and they are thicker than a Game of Thrones book. Um, it's a drama mystery sci-fi show. It is all done. It's been renewed for season two on Apple TV plus. So the first 10 are done. It's basically society lives in this giant underground silo. And there's a ton of rules and regulations, including when you can approve to get pregnant and things like that. They really do control you down there, but, uh, there's a window to the outside world and they can see that it's apocalyptic. And so like, you don't want to leave the silo or be, you know, banished. So you kind of conform to the rules. However, there is one, uh, overarching rule in the silo and you cannot say the words I want to go outside. Cause if you do without hesitation and basically no takesies backsies, you're going out. Um, and those who go out, don't come back in. And so yeah, I, I assume that was it. You go outside, you're dead. Yeah. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson, she plays Juliet Nichols, the main character. She was in The Greatest Showman. Common is in it. Uh, he plays Robert Sims. Tim Robbins is in it. Anybody out there love Shawshank? I do. Tim Robbins is in it. He's great. Harriet Walter, she's in Succession. She's in it. Uh, Avi Nash, Billy Post, uh, Postothwaite, Postoth, 
I think his name is. I, I can't even recall. And then uh, Ian Glenn, who plays uh, uh, the guy who gets the Game disease of in Game of Thrones. Um, what the heck's his name in Game of Thrones? He's obsessed with Khaleesi. Blah, 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 blah. Jorah Mormont, I think. Jorah Mormont, there it is. Yeah, yeah, Jorah Mormont. So he's in it as well. He plays Juliet Nichols' father. And also, Rashida Jones is in it too. Um, but don't get attached to her character. And no, that's not even a spoiler. So it's just super good. 8.1 out of 10 uh, on IMDb. The finale was excellent. That's got a 9.1 on IMDb. Apple TV Plus has this really good streak of really solid ways to end seasons. They find really good ways to bring it home nicely. Now, this is a show, like I said, it is slow and it is intentionally slow. Now, I would argue, though, to that this is to that it being slow actually works for the show as opposed to being a detriment. The whole thing is slow. It's meant to be slow. You're not building to some crescendo or some action. There is action set pieces. There are major character deaths. I'm telling you the first half of the season, there's one per episode or more. So don't get attached to too many. There are crazy things that happen, but it's not like the walking dead where it's 44 minutes of blah. And then one minute of crazy cliffhanger. They don't do it that way. They kind of pace out really well when there is an action scene, like they get a sense of, okay, it's time to drop the hammer here and then we can kind of go back into pace and then it finds its pacing again. So super obsessed with it. Loved it. My wife read the, it, Oh, by the way, season one only covers the first half of the first book. Uh, so they have plenty of material with three books. You're talking six plus seasons of material already. Uh, so I'm really excited about where it's gone, where it's going and for future seasons. And my wife told me, that I should read the books and that I, and based on what she has read, there's a lot to look forward to in future seasons. So that got me even more uh, happy and excited for the future of silo. So there it is silo on Apple TV plus hijack Dury and home improvement <laughs> for my, what you've been up to segment. I'm saving my gaming for the end of the year. Cause we got a lot to get through, but I've talked enough. Let's jump into the movie section here. Sam, I need to hear your impressions, not on Barbie, but on Oppenheimer. Yeah, sorry. No, no, no Barbie for me for this time. So you have to wait a couple months, but Oppenheimer, I highly recommend that every person I've talked to, you, you try to see this movie in IMAX. I feel like it, it deserves it. I mean, just Ludwig Gorhansen, I probably pronounced his last name wrong, but his, his music, it was, I mean, for three hours, I it, it didn't feel like three hours, guys. I, I, I will still honestly say Venom 2 and Morbius still felt five times as long as this. I didn't need to use the bathroom, and usually I do. I'm, I'm the worst. My like, door's bladder, but I made it through somehow all three hours. I think you give all the awards to Killian Murphy for lead, and you give supporting actor Robert Downey Jr. He wasn't in it much, but what he did, you felt on screen. Emily Blunt, the little bit she got, she was fantastic. Matt Damon was fantastic. Florence Pugh was great. Josh Hartnett was fantastic. Casey Affleck had a little role. Rami Malek, Kenneth Branagh. This cast, like, movie-wise, this is one of the best all year. This, this might be my favorite movie of the year as of right now. I'm still thinking about this movie. That's when you know you saw a great movie, when after you've seen it, days have passed, a week has passed, and I'm still thinking about the movie. Killian Murphy. Nice. I love hearing that. This was, I think, probably one of his best movies he's ever done. He truly embodied Oppenheimer of, you know, and, and this movie is a, um, a bi- biographical thriller. 
um, directed by Christopher Nolan. And I, you know, I, he outdid himself. I mean, I feel like any anything he does now, it's always put on a pedestal. No matter before it comes out, it's, oh, it's a Nolan film. So before it's out, it's it's on this pedestal, and I feel like it, it's the pressure's on him. Every film he does, every more, and he just delivers every single time. I mean, you look at his discography, and they're all hitters. You know, met me. So filmography. Yeah, film. I, I said discography. Jesus, I went music. He's a he's dirty. Way. He's a musical artist. Yeah. Yeah, that that's how talented he is. No, um, <laughs> and and I I got it. I didn't even remember. Like, there's still cameos by Gary Oldman. Like, there's you know Jack Quaid's in it, Josh Peck. There, there is the cast in this. Matthew Medin. There is so many people in here. Jason Clark. I mean, I, I just scroll the list. And I just find more people. He truly picked the best people for this film, and it shows on the same day, the same day, same weekend. It was Barbie. This movie had a hundred million dollar budget. It's already at two hundred forty one point seven worldwide, and it's, it'll definitely cross. I think it'll be over three hundred, like any film one that comes out digitally. I'm I'm definitely buying this on whether it's Blu Ray, four K, whatever. I am definitely going to buy this. This is, it's like I don't know, like the Dark Knight and Batman Begins. I I'm biased. Them two, I I hold like the highest of high. I would say Oppenheimer right after that is my favorite Christopher Nolan film. It's that wow. good. It it was phenomenal, man. For you know anything me, for, that anything that was like a drawback for the movie for you though that that held it back from being your number one spot. I mean, you know, maybe just maybe wanting to see more of the explosion a little bit. Again, because people, I know a lot of people went and expected. I think it's all going to be about the explosion. I just, but it hit at IMAX. I felt it. I just, I just, I guess I didn't want it to end. I wanted it to keep going. Even when the movie mm-hmm. ended, I wanted it to keep going. You know, three hours, Greg. Three hours. I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I didn't want it to end. What about Kelly? What'd she think? Oh, she she passed out. But but to <laughs> to to her defense, for three three days before that, we were in Cape May, and then we saw Dave Matthews Band back to back Friday Saturday, and then saw this IMAX at ten thirty in the morning. So it was it. You know, I had to give her credit. But and that's another thing about the movie. Like I, I went in thinking, man, I'm tired, man. My body hurts. I'm tired. Man, I might pass out, you know, because it was the comfy chairs. Nope, oh, didn't get Jesus. didn't get tired once, dude. I was glued. It, I, I was truly blown away, and just, I, it, the visuals and it, just the perspective and hearing where he came from and and kind of what they did to him and kind of like threw him under the bus and ran him over with it and, and just tried to do everything they can and this guy kind of stood his ground and. And just to what he did and you know, what he had to kind of endure and live with. And you remember, know, it, it was, those are it, some artistic liberties, folks, that this is not a one to one. Even his grandson came out today and said there's a scene that. that yeah, and, 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 and it's really one happen. scene and it's right in the beginning of the movie. Yes, yeah, it's, it's pretty big, but it's it's right in the beginning. And, you know, it same. only kicks off the entire plot. You know, no biggie. I mean, I wouldn't say it kicks off the plot, but to say a three-hour movie and that's his only complaint, that's pretty damn good, if you ask me. So, again, go out, go support our boy Nolan, Oppenheimer, seen in IMAX. Trust me, I don't think you'll be disappointed. On my Hypenheimer scale, I was about an eight. I think you've moved me to a nine. I'm still at a ten for Barbie, but I think in the Hypenheimer, I'm up there. I, I really want to see both of these movies. Um, it's kind of one A, one B. 
And so definitely yeah, they're literally complete opposite end of the spectrum. But it, I would just, imagine next next month we're both going to have seen probably both of them. Uh, I don't know when we're going to record in August. I have some work travel to do and things like that. Hey, Sam and I are going down the seashore together in September. Oh, no, we're coming yes. home Thursday. I was going to say that'd be a fun little time to record down there. But nah, that's not going to happen because I surely ain't. I'm surely not wasting time recording a pod. Yeah, I was going to say that. Nah, maybe we should wait. <laughs> maybe we, we, we'll wait. We'll wait. We'll wait. We'll but wait I like where your heads September. up. <laughs> it better not be the September direct better not happen when we're down the shore. I'll be I'll be upset. Part of me says it's going to. And then then maybe <laughs> I'll soon. bring in my I'm bringing my laptop and my mic just in case there's a direct. You might get a little Nintendo dope while Sam's sleeping. Uh, he don't sleep. Who am I kidding? Uh, we have our new Superman and Lois Lane, according or oh, I'm sorry, along with Nathan Fillion and Anthony Carrigan, all joining the cast here of Superman Legacy. I mean, again, James Gunn, longtime friends with Nathan Fillion. It's funny that he's been voicing Green Lantern for years now on DC animated movies. He actually, even in live action, they did like little skits with. Uh, I don't know if it was Phil Lamar, but it was the voice um, of with uh, Superman, the animated series, like them joking, like he's Green Lantern. So now he's finally going to be him in the movies. Anthony Carrigan, great actor. He's been in a bunch of stuff. The, the cast is shaping up. I'm just getting a little worried. Just James Gunn's throwing a lot of characters out of Superman movies. I'm just, you know, I'm just trepidatious. That's all. I hear you. I hear you. But um, th- I think there's trepidation, though, because... And I don't mean to sound disrespectful and everybody knows my stance on superhero stuff right now. Like the second we went monthly, I could stop pretending to care. But the MCU is dog shit right now. It just on the whole, there are some good things about it. But on the whole, it ain't what it used to be. It has not been good since uh, the Infinity Saga ended. And DC movies are in their own rut right now. And they're going through that massive, massive major transition to James Gunn, who, by the way, is coming from the MCU for the most part. And so you have this weird kind of spectrum going on right now where it's like they're almost one in the same right now, at least in terms of quality and also heads. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so I think Superman Legacy, James Gunn's probably looking at it as his clean slate. Um, it's really his baby, his big, massive project for DC, at least as the head of it. Uh, I, I really think they screwed the pooch with this whole gods and monsters or whatever the hell the chapter one is called, because a, they think they announced it too early and B, they didn't really give us much to, to like look forward to in that, um, at least from a mainstream, I think for like, they really needed to hit on the mainstream stuff before you can go down that guardians route and give us that crazy off the wall thing. I forget what the DC version of that that's coming out is called um, that they're doing like the animated one. It could be a yeah, it was like, that was like creatures and commandos and something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. The, like there, there's gotta be some mainline thing. And so when you think about like, okay, man of steel, it's been forever since we got like a dedicated Superman movie. This is it. So I think, you know, this sounds super uh, vague and super like generic, but this first trailer, it could be forever away because we're still getting casting news. But this first trailer, whenever it hits, and we all know what the strike and everything going on right now, it could be a while, but boy, howdy, that right there will be the definitive. The Flash made it a name for itself, not on its plot or Ezra Miller as the Flash. He was more of a distraction, quite frankly, than uh, something to look forward to. It made its its name off of Keaton and then the other cameos. And unfortunately, IGN spoiled them for me. Uh, so I got a lot of that spoiled. 
uh, going throughout that movie. And that's still underperformed like effing crazy. It, it really is in the superhero name. Get us a Superman dedicated film. Now, granted, he might have picked some actors that and actresses that maybe we don't know, which could be a shame. But then you have the supporting cast. Nathan Fillion, you and I are in love. Anything yeah. he touches is fantastic. Um, and Anthony Carrigan as Noho Hank in Barry, just Phenomenal, and then he played Ra's al Ghul in what Batman Begins or Gotham? I think it was uh, Gotham. He was um, yeah. um Victor's ass. No, oh, Victor's ass. Thank you. And so, yeah, you're right. So, like, there is that background. Nathan Fillion been in superhero stuff before. Carrigan literally been in DC stuff before. Knows the universe, knows the world. So I have faith. Um, I just I, that first trailer is going to tell us so much yeah, CD, I just, story all of it i just won't expect this one till 20 i know i think he's at 2024 but with the strike and everything i wouldn't expect this till 2025 at the earliest i'm i'm fully on board with you this is going to be a while and i don't see this strike ending anytime soon um yeah i just read a report saying that, that it's going to get a lot worse so i was like uh-oh they have so i expect a lot more delays again they haven't even started to negotiate as of 7 27 23 um and by that i mean july 27th so um they haven't even started formal negotiations that you know that the big wigs in hollywood are going to hold out because they hold a lot of the power and they already have a uh, lot of that, that ai bullshit which is that that's terrible get that out of the contract and you know whatever else they need yeah i wish it was that simple you know or uh, oh, i'm sure it's a lot of more bullshit but that's one that's got to go yeah, I mean, you have people that can't they can't talk about the movies they're starring in. There are no more premieres. There are ways that this is hurting Hollywood, but we're now seeing films that are starting to get potential delays and Dune is looking at new release dates and they're saying that the Marvels won't release an IMAX unless Dune moves its date. And there's like a whole bunch of other things going on because people are being much tighter with their budgeting, um, unless you're Barbie, uh, because they're just genius marketing materials right now but point being is that this is a real strike the strike is real this will affect superman legacy clearly and obviously and all the tv shows you know and love by the way the way is going to be the hottest part again uh because we're going to meet massive delays just like we did when coronavirus hit so oh yeah uh, expect all that but good news here i'm definitely excited i don't know much about the superman and lois actor and actress at all but that's the podcast is very strong to me the Spawn movie is expected to hit in 2025. Again, this was even just before the strike was either rumored to happen or just started when this news broke. So this could be a thing where this strike may not affect the window. It will probably affect the date. But when you give a 12 month window, they can probably still make this work. So even if it's late 2025, we can expect to see Spawn in the next two years or so. Yeah, and Todd McFarlane's at well was at San Diego Comic Con this past week, and then again he was hyping it up and again. He said twenty twenty five, so I, I hope we'll see. Um, that's still hopefully going to be Jimmy Fox. I know that he's um, on the men doing well, thank God, after his uh, little scare he had. So hopefully he'll be well enough to to come back or play Spawn. Yep. Uh, we have we teased at the top a a Marvel superheroes coming back for a Marvel movie. Uh, Jennifer Gardner. Bet you didn't expect this one. Per the Hollywood Reporter, Jennifer Gardner is returning as Electra for Deadpool 3. My question to you, Sam. Cameo or bigger role? Well, I'm sure she has a little something. I mean, I, I kind of like that she's coming back. I kind of... Five minutes or less over under on screen. 
five, not five minutes is probably about right because you don't want to clog it too much. So I would go, I would probably go less than even three minutes. But just to have see her and Ben maybe do a little cameo, quick little fight scene, that'd be cool. <laughs> okay, uh, little tiny. I don't know if this is breaking news or not. Let me just get a quick click into this article here. Um, written July twenty seventh at eight oh three p.m. So um, semi breaking. The the Lando series on Disney Plus. Donald Glover is teaming with his brother to write a new Star Wars series based on Lando. Um, oh, I, I thought that was dead in the water. So that's yeah. Uh... So so <laughs> Justin Simeon left, and Stephen Glover, Donald's brother, is now replacing him. So that's really the news. We oh, knew wow. Lando was getting a TV series, but Donald and Stephen Glover are now going to be writing the Lando TV series. So a little bit of semi-breaking news there. No, and I'm still here for that. I I have faith. Uh, Guardians 3 will be hitting Disney Plus August 2nd, so definitely can look forward to my thoughts on that movie finally next month, but uh, seems, I was waiting really for Disney fast. Plus. That, that's what this is doing. I mean, the next story is the Mario movie. The next day on August 3rd is hitting Peacock, so we're seeing a lot of these movies hit digital and streaming a lot faster than have the past. There used to be that, alright, it comes out in January in theaters. We can expect the DVD in July. Uh, maybe, maybe even later than that. And now you're seeing movies like the Mario Brothers movie. What was it? Six weeks. And it was already out on digital. Super fast. Uh, and the flash gets pulled from theaters as we are going to talk about here in a sec too. Let's just bring that into the same story. The flash is available on digital right now. So it got pulled from theaters and it, I think what that come out in June. So we're talking <clears throat> about a month too. And, so good. And I heard the, the flash like was leading the uh, digital market on sales. So I was like, huh, that was kind of interesting to see. Well, why spend 16 to see it once when you can buy it for 25 or whatever and watch it as many times as you want? And I think when that hits max, it's going to get another boom as well. It doesn't have a max release True. date yet, but it, that'll get a boom for sure. And so you have like these three movies are a really good kind of scope into this whole why even go like you remember two years ago max was releasing movies on hbo max the same day, same day. As theatrical yep. and that was an experiment that semi blew up in their faces but it was it was hella sweet for us consumers uh, mm -hmm. i was watching you know uh, godzilla versus kong and mortal Kombat in the comfort of my own house as opposed to wearing a mask in the theater and all the things that came along with that so to, to have movies i think people just want it quicker and when things mm -hmm. when so many things nowadays get lost in the sauce so quickly with the age of the internet things get old in a matter of weeks now not years and so the faster you can get something out there while it's still hot on the mind the more it can make and the more you're going to capitalize on those quick oh my god it's out i love that movie let me buy it sales and so that's at least my theory on why things are reaching it it's not the only reason but i think it's a contributor and a pretty big contributor at that I'm sure there's other thoughts of why the hell are we just sitting on this thing? Um, and movies dip so hard in theatrical runs late in their shelf life. So then why let it die a slow death and try to resurrect? Let's just get it while the going's hot. And so I think that's part of the reason. But then also the other reason why I think is these streamers are getting crushed. Disney Plus is a huge loss for the company overall. Peacock is about to lose $3 billion this year. So they need things like this to try to garner their subscriber base. And so – like Disney needs Guardians as fast as possible. It needed Avatar as fast as possible. That's another movie that came out pretty quick to theaters or to, to streaming. Mario, Peacock, 
is the home of some good TV lately. Red uh, Redfall, not Redfall. What's that movie? Red Redfield, Renfield, the Dracula movie. Yeah, that's that on did, there. So yeah, but that didn't even do good. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's got some decent titles on there. But you bring Mario in August third. Holy smokes! It's it's gonna really boom. Peacock's not gonna make that three billion dollars go away, but it sure is gonna help. And so I think that that's another reason because streamers are not what they used to be in terms of like a cash cow. They actually hurt a ton of the business that we see. We see it with Paramount. We see it with uh, Max. We see it with, uh, uh, like I just said, the other two that I brought in, Disney Plus and uh, Peacock. So that that's some theory uh, bullshit that I won't you know dive into anymore. We'll, we'll just end our movie section with somehow the Borderlands movie got a release date. It is August 9th, 2024. So just over a year from now. And if you forgot that Borderlands was making a movie, don't worry. We all did, uh, but it's got a star-studded cast. We're talking um, Jamie Lee Curtis, Kate Blanchett, Jack Black, Kevin Hart. Um, so, like, tons of, like, massive, massive people playing this movie. Eli Roth is the director, one of the writers. And, you know, in the age of The Last of Us, Twisted Metal, the Mario Brothers movie, where we're seeing successful to passable video game adaptations it's nice to see Borderlands is, is coming along the way. Here's my take. And this is somebody who loves Borderlands. Borderlands thinks that more people love Borderlands than people actually love Borderlands. Um, the first two games are phenomenal. Top tier, 10 out of 10 video games. The Tales games are okay. The third one was fine. And everything else is overkill. You don't need to be so out there. And so I think that they think that they're a bigger property than they actually are. Um, but I, I think this movie is going to be one of those flash circumstances where it's going to hit a streamer really fast to what streamer that is. I have no idea. Yeah. Anything on the borderlands movie before we move on to television, never played the games, but if I, if the trailer is good enough, I may see it. Uh, let's see. Let's talk. Okay. Like we said at the top, I never thought we'd have this conversation again. Um, and when we got news that there was potential drama between the, the main voice cast potentially not coming back and then not wanting to pay certain people like others, it's all worked itself out. And Hulu's adaptation of Futurama is here. Should I say Fulu? And uh, the premiere is out now. Sam, I'm going to start with you. We can talk about it, it at length in full. Go for it. It's Futurama here we're talking about. So feel free to talk about if you want to consider anything a spoiler, go for it. What do you think of the season 11 premiere of Hulu's Futurama? When he said good news, everyone, I just had a stupid smile on my face. I I, I just love the show. I there, There's something about Futurama that I, I just love. I love the cast. We grew up, and it was it was our goat, man. That was our favorite animated show. Yeah, my Family Guy was right up there with it, but yeah, I mean, I'm always going to be probably the Family Guy, Futurama, Simpsons. That'll probably always be my my top three. Um, and it like just this episode, how just how in tune they are, just up to date, smart writing, witty. It takes place after the events of everything we had, and they kind of throw everything in today's world into this episode already, where you're just kind of laughing and. I, I I'm, I'm glad it's back. I, I can't believe it's. I think it's been ten years since the last episode. Mm-hmm. The entire new cast is back, or, or the entire same old cast is back. David X Cohen is. I know he's still writing. He I, he wrote episode ten coming up. Um, I do see episode t- eight is called Zap Gets Cancelled. Already can't wait for episode eight. <laughs> um, 
I'm not gonna lie. I I I, I wish I could. I'm, I want to binge this a little bit just because I I love Futurama. This is a show that I can just get behind and watch because I love it. Yeah. So it's unfortunately, not going to be over till September 25th. I mean, they're going yeah. weekly for a tenor. That's tough. Yeah, so it'll be broken into two. It's 20 episodes broken into two parts, 10 episodes each. Um, I But then again, at the same time, there's like five shows out right now that all drop new shit. Or, so it's like, I'm, I'm okay because I'm, I'm backed up in shows right now. But I just, I just love that the gang's back together, man. I, I miss them. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, the impossible stream is, is the, uh, the name of this episode. It's got a seven point six right now on IMDb, which is in line for a lot of the episodes of the show. And I thought it did a really nice job of tying together that last ending, which was one of the strongest episodes in Futurama history. Did a really nice job of kind of bringing that back, tying it together. I loved how Fry. You know, they they basically waste 10 years. He says, oh, my God, it's 3023. I've been in the future for 23 years. We call that the present, which was funny. Um, and they like he has this like I have I need a purpose. What am I doing here? It's been yeah. 23 years. And but then I found that that purpose was really tough to swallow. I thought the first half of this episode was incredibly strong. And it wasn't just my rose colored nostalgia glasses and hearing good news, everybody and Zoidberg and all the things that I love so much. Yeah, right. I thought it had a really good premise. And then once Fry got into the binge suit and they started actually going through the binge thing and getting Kakulon back and resurrecting him because he was actually killed off and all of these other things were recording, you know, filming the episodes and how he just was like, no, I got out of that suit two days ago because why plot device? Where was he for two days, though? Who knows? So, like, I, I just... I thought the first half was incredibly strong, but the 14 minute mark, it kind of lost me. Um, but that first 14 minutes was funny as shit. And it's, it's so like you said, yeah, let laugh so, out loud. Funny. Yeah. They're so on point with their writing, but like, I, I feel like it might've been a little too on the nose for me. Like they were really strong into the streaming thing. They were really strong into <laughs> Fulu versus Hulu. Like I, loved it. Tell I loved it. I loved it. There was the first couple times it was funny, but man, did they just like, <laughs> really really but, just uh, honestly a seven out of ten is is probably my rating so that's yes yeah. to me that's a solid first episode and i, yeah, I they're only sure. gonna i think they're gonna get better i don't have any complaints like i said uh, it's still great to have it back I, I just thought the first half was stronger than the second the second half kind of lost me but in a 20 minute television show you know 14 minutes of 22 is pretty damn good to be entertained and so i'll take that not everything can be a hit but I'm looking forward to uh, Parasites Regained, which is going to be a through line from Parasites Lost, I believe it was, in the original Fox run where he get where he eats like the egg salad sandwich or something and he becomes smart and he like uh, the, the he goes back into his own body to kill off the parasites so he can become dumb again. And then they play that off in a future episode where everybody becomes dumb, but he's immune because of the parasites. Like that's what Futurama does so well is they have these really cool through lines through 11 seasons of television. So I'm looking forward to that one. I'm looking forward to Rage Against the Vaccine and then Zap gets canceled. So definitely excited. Um, I'm sh pissed off that it's going to take until September 25th for this show's 10 episodes to be done. This would be really, really beneficial from a two episode or three episode at a time drop. If you're going to release the bear in one batch and you're going to release Twisted Metal in one batch, I know it's Peacock, but still like. It's weird to me that you're choosing to do weekly for Futurama. Maybe it was in the contract. Who knows? That's probably what it was. You know, who knows? Hulu. Uh, mm -hmm. But, you know, similar with like Only Murders, they're going to do 
uh, in their upcoming season three, they're going to do a weekly instead of a, a big drop. So uh, I did resubscribe to Hulu and now we're going to be in it for the long haul. I'll probably cancel again once only murder season three is done. Um, but point being, it's great to have Futurama back. I really don't have many problems. I think it's it. The quality is there. You could tell they're in the voice actors. You can tell they've, they, they're older, you know, just a little, their voice is just like a hair off just a hair, but it's so good. There was one part that freaked me the frick out. And that was when professor was super wrinkly and he put that stuff on his face. I was oh, like, I was, I was cracking up, dude. I, I, I was Barnes too, but I was unnerved watching that. Like something about it just visually creeped me out. And I was like, please cut away, please cut away. You're freaking me out. Uh, <laughs> all right. But anyway, it's great to have Futurama back. And I never thought we would again. So eight minutes dedicated to Futurama in a random episode in 2023. I'll take that. Uh, Twisted Metal on Peacock dropped its entire season, uh, 10 episodes, only a half hour each at like most. It's very, very, very watchable, very bingeable. Um, hot off the presses. I watched three. Sam, you watched a bunch. What'd you think? Yeah, I, I finished it. I banged out all 10 episodes. Yeah, it, some episodes were 27, 28, 29 minutes. It, it's like you said, a perfect bingeable show. I was shocked. I didn't think they were. I thought maybe the first two, first three. So I was pleasantly surprised to get all three. So I bought a Peacock for the month. It was like six, six forty five with tax or something. So and there's a couple of good things on Peacock. So I, I, I and he poker. finished what he wanted to watch in one day. <laughs> I, I, cool. may, I may poke around because there's a lot, but there's so much stuff. So I'll, I'll have to you look can watch the Mario movie a couple of days. Uh, from now. Uh, that's my, I, I saw it. So I, I don't need to see that for a while. Um, but first thing off the bat, I, I liked it a lot better than I thought I was going to. I don't know what I thought going in, but I did not think that I was going to enjoy it as much as I did. I knew going in that I, I it wasn't going to be, the twisted metal that, you know, well, the game we played growing up, I, I didn't, I, I knew better, but for what we got, I enjoyed, I, I thought Samoa Joe physically a sweet tooth was fantastic. Will Arnett, you know, a lot better than I thought he wasn't too Will Arnetty. Like I, I feel like they hid his voice just enough that it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't Lego Batman talking, you know what I mean? Anthony Mackie was good. Stephanie Beatrice, she played quiet. I thought she was she was she was decent. I thought she uh, was horrible. Let's just be real. I'm only three episodes in. I think her. I think she yeah, physically she, she'll grow on you. She'll grow. Brings the I, show I, down when she opens her mouth and does talk. I prefer her when she's just being quiet. And I actually think Sweet Tooth, at least in episode two, wasn't good. Yeah, but well, what, what you saw of Sweet Tooth is literally the clip they released i know i know i know and it was so bad i hope he's in more episodes don't he, tell me he is he is in more it is a okay. hard r extra bloody uh nev campbell is uh she's a character in it as well she was good she was very good she was she's the coo of new san francisco yeah so very much enjoyed her her time so far in my first three episodes yeah i mean again it, it's not no 10 out of 10 you're not going to see it on my top three list at the end of the year nothing like that but for what it was I enjoyed it. The Easter eggs they threw in, uh, maybe some characters that show up, the ending, the possible, if it does get a season two, that there is a, a promise to get the twisted metal we know and love. So let's just see if enough people know about it and even have freaking Peacock that it's actually a success. But I thought it was okay. 
You could tell a lot of stuff isn't, you know, they didn't, their budget. You could tell. But for what it was, I thought it was okay. And I would actually recommend watching it. And I think on Rotten Tomatoes, they have it at like a 64%. And I'm, yeah, I'm probably at about a 6.57 myself. Uh, I didn't tell Sam at all what I thought about it before the show. He did let it slip a little bit that he liked it more than he thought. I I just told him, wait, I'll wait. I'll hold judgment until the pod. Um, and I'm... Uh, Sammy kind of, he, he put it really well. He's not going to, it's not going to make the top three at the end of the year, but here's the good news. <clears throat> it ain't going to make the bottom. Nope. Uh, it, it's definitely not going to make the worst list. And so that's, that's a, that's a win. Really, that's a win. Yeah. I'm I, and both of us probably going into this would have not been shocked if it was going to make the bottom Yep. of that, you know, of the worst list, because let's be real. The expectations were pretty low. And I think that's actually to the show's credit. Um, I think they, I think the show tries way, way, way too hard to tell too many jokes and it tries to tell like a joke a minute and they just don't land. But if you stop trying to laugh at them and stop looking at them as attempted comedy and you just start to see that this is the world that it's just super bloody gory action with really bad dialogue and you just kind of sink yourself into that world, it becomes much more digestible. And I'll tell you, to Sam's point, it is not bad. I don't hate it at all. Um, I think that Quiet is actively, I hate to use this type of word at 35 years old, but when she speaks, her dialogue is cringeworthy. Um, I think the writing for her is just so bad. It's like something she said, like something like, oh, it smells like dick water. Like, what the fuck? Who in that writer's room? Like it was trying to be so witty that they came up with that wonderful. Uh, a I mean, piece you, of you, it's the writers of Zombieland and Deadpool. So it's just weird to me that Dick Water is of all things. What is even Dick Water? A bath? I, mean, I don't know. Deadpool a writers. Bath? I don't know. Sounds right. Sounds it, about right. It's just me. super weird to me. But I digress. I thought that the Sweet Tooth episode, episode two of the three that I watched was. I probably went. Episode one was actually really good. Two was fine and three was okay, but I'm looking forward to the kind of crescendo back up here in future episodes. It looks like it's going to kind of start to pick back up again. I thought that Sweet Tooth whole casino thing with the play and all of it was really bad because he just tries to tell so many unfunny jokes. And again, though, once you wrap your head around this, who he is, okay, uh, Needles Kane is what he is. But when he's driving in the car and he like goes through the Las Vegas sign, Lost Vegas, which I thought was a really fun touch. Yeah. And like that dialogue and like the chase scenes and the action in the cars, I thought that was all really well yeah. done. Even though, you know, like Sam mentioned, there is a budget and you can tell. Uh, but I, I'll tell you, if you kind of separate yourself and take this show for what it is, a kind of stupid wannabe comedy that's super gory and just fun. It's just fun fun and i had fun watching it and i, I can honestly it. say sweet tooth does get you you will like him the more you see him i i, I will just say that leave it at that the rest i'll wait till you finish good good and i plan on finishing it very very soon i am enjoying it it's just flat out fun i uh it'll be my show to watch tonight as i'm editing the show and, and i'm looking forward to it and i will just i'll end it off with usually a six out of ten for me is just okay for this, this 6 out of 10 in particular is much stronger. It's a much stronger 6 out of 10 
than something else that would get a six out of 10 for me. Like I recommend it more than other six out of tens that I would have. I just think it's a fun show and it's a, it's a win for Peacock. Quick now. Super quick. Yeah. No, I I just want to say it's just, it's not a show that you're going to have to sit there for 50 minutes. It's 27 minutes episode in out. Boom. Done. Yeah. I think though, if this show is going to be successful, it is not, it is not in Peacock's hands to do that. It is 100% in Sony's. Sony needs to back this show like they did The Last of Us. They need to tweet about it. They need to put it on the IG. They released Twisted Metal 1 the either today or yesterday on PlayStation Classic, uh, on PlayStation Plus Premium, the PS1 Classics or whatever. But they need more than that. We yeah. need the announcement of the new game that's been rumored in development since this TV show was like announced. We need to hear about that. We need. We thought we were going to get it at the last PlayStation Showcase. Shit, we didn't get anything first party, really. So they really need to step up their game there. But if they give this show a social media presence um, and not just release that one Cisco clip because that's just it's really bad. Um, that is not indicative of this. The rest of the show, it's actually pretty fun, and I actually really did enjoy the first episode. That was a really good intro to the world and story. So, yeah, give it some tweets, give it some IG posts, give it some TikToks or whatever. Sony, use your millions and millions of followers to get an audience for this show because I would not mind seeing a season two. Uh, Sam, back to Hulu. Uh, what'd you think of the Bear season two? The bear. Uh, I finished it. I think you did, but we'll get there. Yes, I did. I did. Nice. I, I, I enjoyed the season. I didn't enjoy it as much as season one. Season Agreed. two has a little bit different feel to it because the restaurant is under construction, so it's a little bit different. Get some flashbacks. Obviously, episode six of the fishes and some uh, some great actors and actresses in that one. That was that was definitely cool to see everybody. Um, a little tour de force there in that scene. But again, um, it was ten episodes, and I, I, I really enjoyed it, man. I, there's something about the show that it's, it's like chaos, and I think I, I think they said they filmed this season in like, like five or six weeks, like something crazy. He was like, it was just super fast, like just that. After I heard him say it, it's like they filmed all that in that amount of time. I was just, I was impressed, man. That like this. The amount of episodes of the emotion of physical crying, cursing, dialogue, just cooking. I, 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 I can't believe that they filmed it that fast. Um, it, I, I hope it, it, it didn't get signed for season three yet. Um, but it will. It's no doubt it's Hulu's biggest show. So don't even I, I mean, it should because everyone's talking about it. I mean, there was an hun- absolute setup for season three anyway. So yeah. Yeah. We're good. And episode 10, it was another chaos episode, a little, you know. Uh, they had a nice uncut there for like 20, 15 minutes or whatever it was. I don't remember, but there was definitely chaos. It, 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 it was madness of of, of, of Carmi, of just him freaking right, like hanging by a thread, getting locked in the freezer. But I don't, I, I love the cast. I love the episode forks. I know it was either people loved that episode or you hated it. I thought that was a huge episode. Um, That was, what was his, I always have. Ebon Moss Bacharach, I think that was how you pronounce his last Richie. name. Yeah, Richie. Richie. I, I thought I thought he was he was fantastic. Um, the cameos we got, Oliver Platt, he he was good. Um, well, he's not a cameo; he's a recurring character. 
I guess he is recurring, yeah. But is he? I just, well, I, I like his, I like him as an actor. I wanted a little bit more, but the little bit we got of him, I liked. John Berthold comes back for an episode. And well, that's, um, yeah, that's, that's the big divisive episode is episode six, Fishes. Yeah. I'll, I'll kind of interject now with my thoughts too. Um, we can start the dialogue. Fishes to me was a bore fest. Ah, strong. Fishes to me was, it's when every episode's a half hour and this one being like an hour 10. Uh, out of nowhere. And this is where the Odin Kirks and the Jamie Lee Curtises and all mm-hmm. of that come back into play it. And it's a five year flashback, man. It's, it was a rough watch for me for, a, for the first time through. Now here's the deal with me in the bear season two. I watched it twice. Um, and it was so much better on the second watch through so much better. I actually recommend it. Even if you loved it on the first watch through, go watch it again. It's even better the second time through when you kind of know what's coming. And I just, I really enjoyed it. I still think there are two episodes that kind of bore me. And that's when they go off to Copenhagen. And when they focus on, um, the culinary school aspect, I, I and that's why I said that. forks you either loved it or hated yeah. it. No, 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 no. Forks is the best episode of television I've seen all year. I'm talking oh, about, okay. pasta, uh, when it's, when the two of them go to culinary school. Oh, the second episode. Yep. Yeah. 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 And so I didn't like episode two or four. So I thought this was like a tale of two halves. I thought that forks, the Richie episode was the best single episode of television. I watched all year. And that includes, that includes the bill and Frank episode of the last of us. um, And even like the premiere and all of that. I thought that forks was the single best. What was it? 40 minutes. 30 minutes, whatever of television I've seen all year. It's perfect. It's a perfect episode. It encapsulates Richie so well and gives him the perfect, uh, uh, like arc to then set up. Now he's like everyone's favorite character. And then he comes back and he's just like, I wear suits now. And that's all you need. You don't need a deeper meaning than that. He says to Carmi, I get it. And then he wears suits and you get it as the viewer. Yeah. So it, it did a wonderful job of painting the future Richie that we're going to get in future episodes. I think he now has aspirations that are bigger than the bear. Uh, he made that pretty clear when he said, hey, do you have a job for me? It's not up to me, Richie. I, I love you, blah, blah, blah. But with the opening night for family and friends, maybe he did kind of find himself, especially when he took over that expediting job for five minutes. So I thought that that was fantastic. I think the Claire storyline was pretty weak. Overall, I think him getting locked in a walk-in. Now, this comes from somebody who owned an eatery for 21 years, my family, and I've lived in walk-ins for gosh sakes. Uh, Every single walk-in in America has a a handle on the inside for literally that reason. Um, And so there is no walk-in that would not have a push exit there. It just doesn't happen. And so him getting locked in a walk-in was completely non- It's almost unbelievable. It is unbelievable, especially for somebody like me who literally had a walk in that he worked out of for 20, what for me, 12 years. Uh, And so um, it was really bad. And then also a walk in is a literal freezer uh, where it has constant, massive, uh, like turbine fans, not turbine fans, but fans running very loudly in this small confined space. And they're talking this softly and they can hear each other. Oh, he wouldn't hear shit. They wouldn't hear shit um, when he's talking that low about finding purpose and Claire's on the other side. Would that would never happen? So I actually thought the 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 ending was a little strange. I'm okay with him pushing Claire away or in at least inadvertently 
pushing Claire away, but I think the the vehicle in which they did that was really lame. Um, I almost wish that he just was so focused on the launch night that he almost gave her no time. And then he chose the restaurant over her or something to that effect. I think that probably would have been stronger, but Hey, again, who am I? Some schlub that tweets to nobody that actually wants to read my tweets. That's really all I am at the end of the day. So uh, I thought the first half was fine. I thought forks was the best episode of the year. I thought uh, fishes was just okay, but on second rewatch much better. And that last 10 minutes at the dinner table was just pristine television. So, and the only um, one I'll, I'll jump in just, I, I liked episode four a little bit more than you did. I liked the Will Poulter episode. I, as Luca, I, I for some reason, I like that episode as well. Same. I just thought it was again on second rewatch better than before. Cause I expected it. Maybe I didn't like it because the bear is like you said, it's chaos TV and yeah. everybody talks over each other and they don't really explain every plot line very well. And like, there's a lot of visual cues and fast cuts and montages. And when you get that for season one and then season two, kind of, two of the first four episodes grind that to a halt and change the way they tell the story and they go character focused um, where you almost don't see Carmi for a full episode. Granted, there was 10 instead of eight. I just thought that upon first viewing when I didn't expect it, I didn't love it. Uh, But when you knew it was coming on second watch, it was much better. And Hey, I've always wanted to visit Copenhagen. I, if I was going to be a chef a dessert chef was probably what I'd want to be. I like Marcus as a character very much. So I liked Adam Warlock as the, the trainee I loved in the Richie episode when he walks by a picture of Carmi and him at the same time. It's awesome. Uh, it's an awesome pull through and how everybody is revolving around every second counts. So again, second rewatch much stronger. I do greatly prefer, greatly prefer season one, but season two, still very strong. Yeah. Uh, moving on. That's probably it for our impressions. Yeah, for the whole episode. So we're done impressions now. This one's a quick hitter. Heels season two starts now. So go watch it right now. Stop what you're doing. Go watch it. Second time I'm calling you to action to stop listening to us. What am I crazy? Uh, go watch season one if you haven't. It's on stars. So I imagine you haven't. But this is a really, really, really good show. Stephen Amell. Uh, um, Lars Anderson, Kelly Berglund, I believe she's a former Disney star, uh, but they run Duffy wrestling league or something. I forget a very small independent wrestling promotion out of Duffy, Georgia. They get, uh, challenged by like an ECW clone and blah, blah, blah. Craziness happens. Now season two is out. I cannot wait to watch the show it was my number two show of the year in 2022. That's how good it was. And so, um, as much as I don't watch wrestling now, I still love the business. And so I, I mentioned that in my dark side of the, the ring talk. Great episode this week with Bam Bam Bigelow, by the way. Uh, but anyway, Heel Season 2, go check that out. Reacher Season 2, one of Sam's top three shows last year. It's Season 2 will hit Prime in December. And Gen V comes to Prime in September. Yeah, I saw the, the Gen V trailer. It looks okay. Maybe looks I watch okay. it. Right, right. I'm nowhere near excited as I am for for Reacher Season 2. So that'll be a day one watch in, in, in December on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Um, I know that uh, I'm a lot at of shows where, this year. A lot of shows. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. My, my TV show list this year ain't going to be three. Um, but it never is anyway. But for me, Reacher is a show I will be watching in like – November probably to get ready for season two. If I watch it now, I'm going to probably forget because I watch so much stuff, but watching the Reacher two uh, content that's available now and hearing you 
praise it. I, it is a hundred percent on my list. Um, something I'm interested in. And Gen V, like you said, it looks okay. It looks like more of the boys, but not enough of yeah. a like change up. Oh, you collegiate stuff. Cool. Not enough for me to like get as excited as I would be for season four. It seems like a little bit samey, but you know what? I guess it could be worse. Um, but there's that sex education season four will hit Netflix September 21st. And they've announced it will be the final season for four years. I have gushed about this show on this podcast. Um, and now the final episodes are coming to a head in just two months time. And so Netflix is a binge model. So they will all drop that day. They'll be here and gone just like that. But what a phenomenal TV show it is centered around teens, but it is not a show meant for teens. It is very, very much a show that's geared for adults. Um, it, again, a at the base premise, it's a base premise. It's teens exploring their hormones, but one of these teens has a mother who is a sex therapist, and so he kind of gets a lot of those traits and almost becomes the sex therapist around this high school full of horny teenagers. Um, and there's so, so much more to explore in that show, but that's at a very, very high level. It's incredible. It's funny. It's heartwarming. Season three was a huge return for me after I thought season two was just a little down, but season one is 10 out of 10 television. And oh, by the way, the main character's best friend is now Doctor Who. So like, go figure that out. Uh, and the Continental, another Peacock show, although it's more of a movie, they're calling it a three part movie premiere almost yeah. as opposed to a three-part television thing uh, part one of three will hit peacock september 22nd with the le- next two episodes coming seven and 14 days after that so a three-part movie almost i put it in tv because it's it's coming in parts but the continental sam i know you're hyped on this being a john wick fan yeah and he's supposed to show up i don't know if he's going to show up in one two or three episodes or if it's just a quick cameo who the hell knows but Regardless, I'm in. Um, I believe it's one of Lance Reddick's final roles. I know he did finish filming his part for that show, and I believe Ian McShane's coming back as Winston as well. So I, I, I will watch this day one. I, I love the John Wick series, and I can't wait to see what they bring in the Continental. Now let me take it over here in gaming, and we'll, we're going to start right in, right in the big one. What the hell is going on over there at Xbox? Yeah, the uh, the Microsoft acquisition of Activision Blizzard seems to be coming to a close here. Um, it was supposed to be closed by the 18th, but it looks like it's going to take a little bit more time. Um, but it looks like it will close. And so uh, the FTC really didn't have enough of a leg to stand on. Judge Corley ruled in favor of the acquisition happening. That's at a long story short. There was so much to this. The FTC really did not do a good job at all of conveying why Activision belonging to Microsoft would be bad for the consumer. What they did a great job of was uh, explaining how Activision belonging to Xbox would be a detriment to Sony. And that's just not enough, particularly when Microsoft had already announced a 10-year partnership with Nintendo to bring Call of Duty there and PC would still get it. And now after the uh, I forget what the the actual terminology was, um, but after the deal was kind of given the thumbs up by the judge, uh, they announced a 10 year partnership to bring Call of Duty to PlayStation. So PlayStation said, you know what, you know, if we if we're going to lose 
at least if the FTC is going to lose, we might as well just sign and play ball. So yeah. Call of Duty was never going to be exclusive ever. We've said this from the day of that announcement two years ago when this acquisition was first announced. We said Call of Duty will not be exclusive. It just can't be. And it, guess what? It's not going to be, at least for another decade. So without boring you with all the details, you can go listen to a million Xbox podcasts, Xbox 2, uh, Podcast Unlocked, Kind of Funny Xcast. Um, hell, you can probably get some on Sacred Symbols or Defining Duke, which is Sacred Symbols Xbox show. They're all better Xbox podcasts than us. If you want the details of the FTC versus Activision case, go listen to them. They'll go a lot into a lot more detail. Just know that this is probably the last time you're going to hear us. It will be the last time you're going to hear us talking about the deal, all the fallout from the deal, whether that be more acquisitions, Sony striking, uh, and, and making a big acquisition, the games coming to Game Pass, whatever that looks like, we'll still cover. But uh, it looks like all signs are pointing to Activision Blizzard King will be under the Xbox brand for, what, $70 billion? Something stupid. Um, you could probably expect some more layoffs coming to Microsoft to make Sadly. that deal happen. And oh, by the way, we know Game Pass just went up two bucks a month. So, uh, so there's that. Um, yeah, that's probably the last I ever really feel like talking about it. EA announced a new third-person single-player Black Panther game is now in development. I had to sneeze so bad, and I kept kept one. Let it out, brother. <laughs> yeah. Let it I'm out. Bless you. I'll do it while you were talking and go on mute, but it just wouldn't come, and I knew it was going to happen uh, on the air but what are you gonna do yeah uh, we're getting a black panther game actually hilariously enough a year ago jeff grubb had this and people laughed him into oblivion when it didn't get announced at a, a showcase when it didn't get announced at summer game fest when it didn't get announced at that marvel games thing they randomly did in like september uh people were just laughing him off the planet earth However, Cliffhanger Games has partnered partnered with Marvel. Cliffhanger, I believe, has never done a game before, and they're going to do a third-person, single-player Black Panther title. So we're talking, if you're the fan of God of War, of Sony Spider-Man, you're getting more of that with this. I love a third-person game. I love a single-player game. I don't need no multiplayer in my life. Um, but this is exactly what I'm talking about. Now, it's super early in development. It's going to be a damn long time. I would imagine if Wolverine is 2025, which is what I think. 2027. 26 or 7. Yeah, this mm. is going to be a late stage PS5. I would I would also imagine Xbox Series X at that point game. Um, but nice to know that with Wolverine coming and with Spider-Man 2 coming and now Black Panther coming from a single player story experience – these of Marvel's Avengers and Suicide Squad killed the Justice League multiplayer bullshit things are are going to be fragments of the past. And we can continue to focus our efforts in the superhero space on single player, quite frankly, where it belongs. Like Guardians of the Galaxy did it right. That game deserves a better audience. I'm telling you, but I'll digress. This is kind of exciting as somebody who just is OK with this, like superhero thing. I, I do enjoy uh, still playing some superhero games. So this will be fun. Yeah, I'm I'm probably out on that. I'm I'm going the opposite way of you. I'll be 40 when it comes out. So what the hell do I know at this point? Yeah, I'm I'm hard pass probably for both of us. Next up, we got Stray is coming to Xbox on August 10th. 
the beautiful, fun cat game on PlayStation 5 uh, is finally coming to its competitor. If it hits Game Pass, I'll finally be able to play it, but they didn't announce it for that, so I doubt it will. So nobody will buy it because people play Xbox for Game Pass. Moving on. That leaked Mortal Kombat 1 DLC has been officially confirmed by Netherrealm. Yeah, I really should have put this higher up because... um, it was I actually had to change the story once it got confirmed, which is why it's in the middle. Uh, the boys TikTok, I want to say, uh, <laughs> of, officially confirmed Homelander in a random comment. They replied to someone's comment saying like Homelander should be in Call of Duty or something like that. I can't or Fortnite or something. And they wrote Mortal Kombat one first. And I was like, okay, well, that will can that pretty much that'll do it. <laughs> uh, that Yeah, that'll do it for that. But uh this past week at san diego comic-con and we did a did a full coverage on the leak in terms of omni man uh homelander peacemaker all have been confirmed so here are the uh mortal kombat one combat pack one that's the worst name that's like worse than nintendo switch online plus expansion pack uh the mortal kombat one combat pack one will feature ermac a fan favorite Quan Chi, another fan favorite, and Takeda Takahashi, all from previous Mortal Kombat games. But then also Homelander, Omni-Man, and Peacemaker. So this is a massive, massive, massive pack of DLC. Um, I was already going to get Mortal Kombat 1. I was going to wait until they eventually come out with their story DLC, and then they do the Mortal Kombat 1 Ultimate Edition, which they always do, and then buy it then. But... The story trailers have got me going. This DLC announcement's got me going. I might be the $70 sucker and buy this at launch in September. Who knows? Um, I'm spending a lot of money on my game room right now. The decor, you'll be happy to know. By the way, I'm redoing my basement into a Nintendo theme. Sam Saul, I got these massive Game Boy cartridges. It's on our IG. Um, I got these massive Pokemon Game Boy cartridges and N64 cartridges for Smash Bros. and Mario Kart. Sam, you'll be happy to know that I purchased gold and silver as well. They're on their way. Nice. He um, said so I had to, I had to finish the set. I'm doing a massive Pokemon wall, and so I have gold, silver, red, and blue massive Game Boy cartridges, like ten times the size of a normal Game Boy cart. And I also ordered a fully interactive, hand painted map of Generation One's Kanto region with oh, all 100 yes. with, with all 151 Pokemon painted in there somewhere. Um, so that's something I'm looking to to get framed and put up. And then Love I also that. ordered the original Kanto Gen 1 uh, enamel pins of the original eight badges. Nice. But nice. on top of that, on top of that, I got them framed in a wood-burned carving of all eight original gym leaders with their red and blue sprite and a short uh, description, description of what they oh, did. Oh, look at you all fancy. Love that. I mean – I'm telling you, I way overspent on this. Yeah, shit. you went all out. I love it. As you should. It's your game room. Come on. But this this is uh, – so that's the reason I haven't been spending on games is because I've been really balling out my my game room. And by the way, in mid-August, I would say the probably second or third week of August, it should all be here and done and hung up. I will post photos on our Instagram. I went so far as to get a Pokeball light switch uh cover which is <laughs> I love at it. the bottom of my steps right now and it looks badass. You saw the Mario one of yep. my steps. Yep, which was cool. Um, so 
it, it's coming along, ladies and gentlemen. I have a glow-in-the-dark toad light switch for my, not light switch, uh, electrical outlet cover. So, um, yeah, it's a Nintendo room through and through. I got some PlayStation stuff. No Xbox representation outside of my literal Xbox. As, as, as uh, it should be. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> on to the last story of the night so we can get on out of here. Jeff Grubb says Metroid Prime Remastered 2 and something Legend of Zelda, not Tears of the Kingdom related, will also be announced this year and that there will be a, a September Nintendo Direct. So he's got like a massive three-part rumor. Metroid Prime 2 Remastered to be sh- probably, sh- I'd imagine Shadow Drop very similar to the first one. That'll probably be announced in the September Nintendo Direct that he predicts or says is coming along with maybe a look at Metroid Prime 4. Who knows? But that would be my guess. He also says, and something Legend of Zelda, not Tears of the Kingdom related. My guess, a lot of people are saying, oh, that's got to be Wind Waker and Twilight Princess HD. Finally, years and years later. I don't know. We just got the Oracle games shadow dropped last night. So that could have been what he was referring to, um, because that is something shadow dropped and released that is not Tears of the Kingdom related. And then confirming what we already suspicioned, 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 had suspicions of it was in a September Nintendo Direct. They the way they left that Peach announcement and the Luigi's announcement, the Luigi's Mansion 2 announcement and the Mario Wonder trailer of we'll see more later this year. The way they announced that and they didn't give us Tears of the Kingdom DLC yet. It's very much leading down the route of a September, September, September (laughs) Nintendo Direct. So, yeah, more to come. Probably two episodes from now, you'll get our thoughts on whatever the latest direct is. Um, But that's neither here nor there. Jeff Grubb is always on point or for the most part, he's the man with his rumors. He is the man. And uh, I got to tell you, even if it doesn't come true quickly, like his Black Panther story, uh, he was the first to have. Star Wars Jedi Survivor. He had the name and release date before anybody else. He is a very credible source. So I believe him when he says we'll be getting Metroid Prime Remastered 2. The first one is just pristine, and they made it so good on Switch uh, from the GameCube version. So that's it. That's our July episode. Um, Please, by by any means necessary, go watch Hijack. Go watch Succession. Go to the movies, ladies and gentlemen. Go watch Oppenheimer. Go watch Barbie. Go see Mission Impossible. And while you're driving there, listen to Derry. Without further ado, thank you so much for hanging out with us this month. It has been a pleasure. We will see you next month for August 2020. Good night, Chef.